Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp. This is the SRS Wrestling Channel. Officially, that's what the podcast will be called for the moment being. Uh, I'm going to give you guys a little bit of a rundown here in a minute of why we are on this channel, but we are joined by one Mr. Warren Hayes. Warren, how you doing? I'm doing very well. As you can tell, I pulled out my very official Johnny Gargano festive hat tonight. Extremely official. Don't come after me, WWE. Uh, yes, you will. <laughs> they, they, uh, they heard rumor that you would do it, and then they preemptively hit you with a strike. Yeah, that's it. I, I'm bad news. Like, maybe it's all going to turn out that it's all been my fault all along, yeah. Sean. Maybe it was me all along, Sean. Let's go ahead and address this. I did a full 20-minute video on why we are on this channel, why the Fightful channel isn't around. I just want to say this right out of the gate. If you're having trouble finding Fightful podcasts, the answer is always go to Fightful.com or FightfulPods.com. It is always there. We are on uh, those sites live every single episode that we do live podcasts. Uh, we are also available Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, a bunch of shit that, quite frankly, I don't even know about. We're on. That's the, the beauty of Libsyn. It takes care of all that for us. Uh, however, we have been a primarily YouTube-based service since our inception. Quite frankly, that's why we don't have the footprint on Podbean, on Stitcher, on SoundCloud, on iTunes, in which a lot of other wrestling podcasts do. You'll you'll tune in, you'll see a bunch with like a thousand reviews. I wish we had that many reviews on iTunes, but it's not a realistic thing because a pretty healthy portion of our viewers were at youtube.com slash fightful. Now the channel you are on right now is a channel that I started on my own in 2011 for like personal videos, pro wrestling training, stuff like that. Just my own day-to-day run-of-the-mill shit. Uh, like if I needed to interview Vince Russo for a Brawl for All story, which you guys can now see on this channel, I would live stream it from this channel on an unlisted link. In June 2016, from this channel, from this email address, which I will not give out, 
I birthed the Fightful channel. It was mine. As the website Fightful.com came to be and went along, I passed that off to Jimmy. Uh, I passed the, the finances over to him. I'm paid a salary. Uh, we pay our, our writers, our podcasters, all that good stuff. So it is in his company's AdSense. What AdSense is, is what the money that YouTube gives you or that you guys give us via YouTube goes to. Unaware to myself and Jimmy, a couple other properties within his company shared that same AdSense. And in one night, Warner Brothers, an automated bot from Warner Brothers, hit one of those channels completely unrelated to Fightful with 12 copyright strikes. We had no chance to fight them, no chance to battle them. Obviously, it's very hard to get a a human on the line with YouTube. So that killed our channel by association. Fightful did nothing wrong. I had somebody say, shouldn't have posted that Angel Garza video. Hey, homeboys, WWE sent us that video. They asked us to post that video. Uh, Now, WWE did absolutely hit us with a strike preemptively a couple weeks ago, which they released when they realized they screwed up. So for the past six weeks, Fightful has had to deal with all this trash. And now we don't have a channel. But for right now, what I'm going to do is stream on the SRS Wrestling channel. What I ask of you guys, uh, please subscribe to this channel. Quite frankly, I need to get to a 1,000 subscribers before I can monetize it. Uh, I want you guys to subscribe to Warren Hayes' or his channel as well. Saturday night, he will be streaming the Fightful NWA Into the Fire Ring of Honor Final Battle uh, post-show podcast. You'll be able to catch it on Fightful, but... I want the same for Warren, too. I want him to hit that 1,000 subscriber mark. I want us to be able to monetize these channels accordingly. That way, in case some shit happens, we're not left out in the cold in this this regard. Uh, Jimmy is not as worried about this as I am. I am upset that I lost 4,500 videos. If you do the math, that works out to three and a half per day that we have produced. I I personally produced probably 90% of them. Every single day since Fightful launched, as if there weren't a day off. But this is a messy issue. I don't know if we're going to get the channel back, but it is very frustrating when our team and myself have done hours of podcasts, and it's it's helped out people like Anna Bauer. It's gotten Jeff Hawkins' face out there. Alex Pawlowski's entire following was started here. We brought Warren Hayes on here. Me too. I started on Fightful. I started on Fightful when Sean Ross Sapp in May 2018 put out a tweet saying, hey, does anyone want to do a retro review with me? I say, yeah, yeah, sure. I, I, I didn't even have a, pro- have a proper microphone. And he had, the first question Sean asked me was like, you have a proper microphone? I said, sure. I went to the store and I bought one. <laughs> That's how I started. So, yeah, I mean, the, even for me, this whole this whole – Shit breaks my heart because uh, you don't want this to happen, and I want no. Fightful to have a nice long life regardless whether I'm around or not. So, yeah, I mean, uh, hopefully this can all get uh, settled up. But uh, subscribe here and subscribe to my channel so that yeah. you can all get to the uh, NWA uh, Into the Fire and Ring of Honor pay-per-view recap tomorrow. That'll be uh, that'll be great. I want to thank everybody who has said nice things. Uh, the people from Going In Raw have always been super good to us. I love Stephen Larson. Uh, Wei Ting, and really also John Pollock has also been great to us. Almost everybody is super awesome to us. Steve Muehlhausen of Sporting News. 
And everybody that has tweeted at Team YouTube, uh, I don't know if it'll do any good. I don't have a clue if it'll do any good. But it is nice to know that people care enough. And uh, we're trying our best to get it back. It is really nothing in relation to us. I would, if it was something I was, I screwed up on, I would admit it. Like, but I've learned so much about what these websites and what these places do behind the scenes that I had no idea after, quite frankly, a giant portion of people also followed me here from Wrestling Inc., where I was also on their YouTube. I had no idea. I had no idea. And, as of right now, we're doing about a third of our normal live viewership. We're not able to enable Super Chats. Uh, quite frankly, my goal as a managing editor is to make Fightful turn a profit. If we're self-sustainable, Jimmy is stoked. He wants us to make good journalism, produce good content, and all that. Uh, we don't have the, the production values of a cultaholic or a what culture or places like that. By the way, who I know great people at. Uh, there, there are a lot of really good content creators and there's there's a lot of people like us that are are trying to go out and do something different with wrestling media to give you fair reviews, to give you uh, behind the scenes news in in a way that's not slanted or biased or anything like that. So I thank all of you that uh, are are supporting us through this, and I hope you'll hit that subscribe button. I've posted a few things on this channel. I posted a fightful interview marathon. Basically, all of our 2019 video interviews across like a three-hour video. I did one last year. Uh, I'm going to have – or I have the Becky Lynch and Samoa Joe interviews up, and I've got a Vince Russo thing that I did uh, like three years ago that nobody saw before today. It's up right now. But make sure you guys also subscribe to Warren's channel. He's going to be doing the NWA Into the Fire podcast tomorrow night. I'm doing the UFC show. There's a good chance the TLC review will be right here on this channel and uh, for now, this is called the SRS Wrestling Podcast, and the, the name of this channel is Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful. It's not Fightful Sean Ross Sapp. This is my channel. Uh, so if YouTube says that it is affiliated with Jimmy Van's parent company, that is outright untrue. I just want to establish that right now. But uh, hopefully they can get this squared away because I truly have nothing to do with any other digital properties in, in relation to that. But, oh, man. Leave a thumbs up, I guess. Is that the end of the podcast, Warren? Yes, thank you, everyone, for coming. The spread spread cheer and dog food throughout the holiday season. Bye. Yeah, I mean, would you say spread cheer and dog food? Yeah. Well, if you want somebody to thank you for coming and you want to spread a little bit more than cheer and – you want to get screwed even harder than what YouTube's done to me over the last six weeks. You should probably hit up bluechew.com. Use that code Fightful. Might need a new code now. They're sticking with us through this, by the way. Shoutouts to Bluechew. It's got the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. I'm guessing... Blue Chew and Warner Brothers are taking this because let me tell you, buddy, they're boning me hard right here. And I'll tell you what, they're not sitting in line at the pharmacy. They're not calling up a doctor. They got it prescribed online just like you can when you go to BlueChew.com and use the code FIGHTFUL. Stuff is great. It's great, guys, because let me tell you, my life is 
flaccid right now. My life is one big limp dick as we speak. Metaphorically speaking. But you know what makes me happy? Blue Chew. Doing the ad reads. You all ordering Blue Chew. Getting your penises rock hard just makes makes my day, guys. Nothing, nothing makes me happier than each and every one of you having an erect penis. And being able to perform sexually in a way in which you can be proud of. Even if you're already proud of how you perform. When, when you hit me up on Twitter, guys, and you say, you know what? I took that blue chew on an empty stomach. I took it on a full stomach. It still, badoosh, worked. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? This makes me very happy. This this just, YouTube who? What happened on YouTube? You got a hard dick? Great, you must have visited bluechew.com and used that code FIGHTFUL. Stuff's great. Stuff's great. Mailed straight to you. Discreet package. Hot dog, man. Hot dog. All you gotta do is pay $5 shipping. That's it for Christmas, man. Give the gift of an erect penis to your lover. Warren SmackDown happened tonight, but you know what? You, I'm gonna get this out. Of, we're gonna wait and talk about SmackDown a little bit in a little bit too. Maria okay. friggin' Manic is Ring of Honor's next star. Did you watch that match? No, no, I was uh, I was focused on uh, oh. I was focused on SmackDown, but yeah, I saw your tweets. Now I'm excited to see it. Woo! So Maria Manic, uh, I gotta say, Ring of Honor. I heard that they were bringing her in March or April. I've said this before. It took them so long to debut her. I thought there was a company-wide effort to feed me bad news. Because like six people told me, oh yeah, we're bringing in Maria Manic. They didn't bring her in until like late June. Go back and check. Fightful reported that late March, early April. Her deal was up <laughs> at the beginning of October. She hadn't even wrestled a match. So they re-signed her to a big deal. Debuted her tonight officially in a match. And I said, "This is the only way that this needs to happen is a squash match. And boy, was it ever. You all got to go watch that Maria Manic match. She's got it. I could have done without the extended lap around the ring at the end with the water bottle. But she like stole an MJF scarf and put it on while she was kicking Angelina Love's ass. There were streamers being thrown on them while they wrestled. And she still like body slammed her and threw her into stuff. This was incredible. She's got a special presence about her. I don't know how she'll do with promos or even if she needs them. Go watch that Maria Manic match. Um, very, very good stuff. Uh, well, we have full results of Ring of Honor Final Battle over at Fightful.com. But SmackDown started with old King Corbin. It sucked ass, Warren. Yeah, no, okay. Thank you for setting the table. There's What a bad bad dumb promo how many good now, ones do we ever see best of the best of the best how many more doofuses do i have to hear it it almost it almost bothers me when i get those those tweets after an mjf promo and somebody well right up there with the corbin best in the business get stop it oh no no stop it the thing is, is that we know that Baron Corbin is better. We know he can do better. He's being saddled with the worst garbage, the corniest, uh, uninvolved stuff 
Sean, why do you start a promo going, mm, you, what's that smell? Mm, I don't know. It's something completely nauseous. promo that's about to happen. Well, there you go. And then, uh, but then th- that's not even the worst thing. Like, obviously they're being facetious. Either that or they're really trying to bury the ring crew by inferring that they don't do a good job cleaning stuff out. It's, you know, it's either or. But obviously they're, be- they're just being stupid. But then if you want to make that worse, how do you make it worse? How do you make a promo that starts off by saying, oh, it still smells like dog food. Oh, my stomach is turning. How do you make it worse? You say, well, I don't know. Is it the dog food or is it these people in the audience that stink? <laughs> ah, wow. wow. What great heel heat. What a, a dastardly villain that guy is. Man. I thought this sucked, Sean. I think it sucked straight off the bat. I I, I posted a quick reaction video on Twitter and I had quite a few people get back to me and say, hey, you know what? I was thinking of watching SmackDown tonight. Thanks for letting me know. I'm going to go clean my kitchen instead. Man. (sighs) Do you remember when Mr. Perfect was managed by the coach? (laughs) Yes, I do. Dolph Ziggler looked like those two... Fuck. And had a baby. Yeah, he, he actually looks like um uh like like a like Ron Howard. You know, if Ron Howard had hair and let it grow out, you know, and decided to get on on cocaine really hard, they, that's kind of what he looked like. They made Dolph Ziggler look like a total lackey, like a bit of a bitch here. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Corbin's like, I'll get rid of Roman Reigns and then I'll be the sole leader of the locker room. And Ziggler's like, yeah, yeah, boss. Yeah. Yeah. I know I'm a multiple time world champion. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. Um, it's like those, it's like those two dogs in the old Looney Tune commercials. Remember those? You know, the, the big, the, there was the big tough one and then the little one that had jump around, that jump around and that was it. That's exactly the dynamic they had. Yeah. This promo was not it, man. Nope. This promo was not it. New Day come out. Uh, I, the best thing about this promo was Big E tr- calling Corbin a trick. And then Corbin said, well, how about you show me the trick where Kofi loses the title in seven seconds? I was like, that's good shit. Yeah. That was great. And and it's the kind of thing that we expect from Baron Corbin because that's the kind of stuff that he pulls off on Twitter. Yeah. Like he has a, he has a, he's capable of just pulling out the one-liners and effectively, uh, effectively savaging people online. That's not a problem. It's just the, the the material he's given is such hot hot junk. It's ridiculous. But I like I liked what I liked how they came out here. Liked how it took when I say like I'm being sarcastic here. Liked how it took them two months to let Kofi Kingston talk about his championship reign after losing two months, Sean. Before having some kind of post-mortem. So having some kind of moment where he's like, you know, I was mad, but I'm not that mad kind of thing. I think he said that to try and get us to, uh, to to try and justify the fact that, hey, you know what? I didn't talk about it over the past couple of weeks because it didn't bother me all that much. Well, it should have bothered you. Yes. He said it himself. I wasn't out here there going on Twitter and keyboard worrying or bitching about it. That's not necessarily what you need to do to to be mad at losing a title. You just go. You 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 grab a microphone. 
You say, I'm pissed off that I lost, but I'm going to work my way back. Thank you for supporting me, fans. Anything. And it took two months for him to come here tonight and say, well, I wasn't that mad. It's very, very, very disappointing in a payoff point of view as the, uh, for the audience. We've talked about this. We've touched about it on, uh, uh, on this before. WWE has difficulty rewarding you as a viewer for watching the show. Sure, Kofi can lose. That's not a problem. I'm not saying yeah, they should have kept the title on him for, for six years. But when he does lose, and since he was a very organically built champion, the least you can do is have him come out and say, thank you, audience. I'll be back one day to fight for it. And that's all the resolution as an audience needs. And it gives you incentive to support future champions. Because the champions, you'll know they'll be at least, at least they'll be, uh, the, there'll be a moment where they will thank you, where they'll have, there'll be some, some feedback on their part to, to make you feel good. That little, that little boost of hormones to make you feel good about backing that guy up. It seems so simple, or at least much less difficult than they make it to be. Yeah. Bliss Cross Applesauce, as they call themselves, are back. They beat <laughs> Fire and Desire. Uh, them being drafted separately, again, still makes no goddamn sense. None at all. No, it doesn't. Because they're so happy to be back together. Uh, first off, drafting them to Raw didn't make any sense. Sending them to SmackDown didn't make any sense. Drafting them separately didn't make sense. And then, subsequently, because of all that, them being together doesn't make any sense. None of this makes sense. Whatever. But they're happy to be back together. I just wish, for the life of me, they would just go ahead and say, hey, you know, Brock didn't really get to jump up. I would, I would love if that was actually brought up as as a thing, like, like, maybe somebody who's in Brock's next program can say, Paul acted like Brock just got to move. He was traded. He got traded. Yeah. Alexa Bliss, Nikki Cross, just say they, they gave the rights to sign Sheamus up. That Raw was like, okay, we'll give you a wink nod. Make some sense of the show, please. Not, Brock can do whatever he wants because he's Brock. Yeah, okay, because there's... Nobody else in WWE that would have that power. Just one guy. All right. Mm -hmm. Whatever. Mandy and Sonya ran back to attack Alexa and Nikki. I kind of liked hearing the crowd react to them running to the back. Because I was like, what's going on? That was very cool. I I thought I really liked the start of this match. How many times have we seen exactly this? One team in the ring waiting for the other team to come out. They're cutting a, a, a promo in Gorilla. How did it take this long for someone already out there to be like, you know, nope, you know what? We're starting this one right now. I loved the fact that they ran back up the ramp into Gorilla to beat them up before the match started. Loved the start of the match. I did too. This was a good hard-hitting match. Nikki Cross ends up winning. Uh, I, how much of Total Divas do you watch, if if at all? Zero. Pretty heartbreaking to see that Mandy was set for a match with Asuka at WrestleMania, and it got pulled. Or, not yeah. Mandy. Sonya was set for a match <gasps> at WrestleMania with Asuka for the title, and it got pulled. Because they had to put Charlotte in the main event, and they had to make sense of it with a title. Isn't that wild? Yeah, sorry I said Mandy. Definitely Sonya. 
Oh, my goodness. And how does it make sense to put the title on Charlotte because they wanted all the belts to be defended in the main event? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. And even if it hadn't been for the title, you know, they could have, hey, crazy nut, nut bar idea here. Why didn't you just give the, your women a storyline, just a little something to fight over? Because after all, they're wrestlers. They can fight for wrestling stuff. Yeah. Could have been a number number one contender. But it could have been a whole bunch of stuff. It's, oh, my goodness. No, that breaks my heart even more. Sonya's real good, man. I think yeah. The, but honestly, I think all four women in this match are real good. Everybody's like, ah, Alexa, maybe. No, she's good. Mandy's good. There's the, we got to get past the, oh, well, she's a blonde and all this. No, she's just, she's good. Like, she's better than 80% of the women that were on the roster 10 years ago. Sure. Uh, like, Tori Wilson, Stacey Keebler, all those, nothing. No, Mandy's good. She would have been the best, one of the best in-ring workers of that era. Absolutely. Any thoughts on this match? I uh, the the match was fine. I like how Alexa when they were when they were cutting the promo their the promo the pro, the promo <laughs> up in Gorilla when she was saying uh, she was talking about Manny and she's you know talking about oh you know getting the eyelashes pulled off saying you know um, you know I don't understand why Mandy has to make this all personal and I thought that was fantastic. Isn't that just the pot and the yeah. kettle? It's fantastic. I love how. Even though she's technically a baby face, she's still Alexa Bliss being very facetious, being like, I don't know why she has to be this way <laughs> when it is completely something Alexa Bliss would do. And it's even more of an Alexa Bliss thing to point out to someone knowing full well that that's how her attitude is. I like it. Maybe it's just a little a little breadcrumb for an eventual turn back to, to being heel. Maybe, but I liked it. I, th I thought the promo was great. The match was fine. Too short for my taste, but good for what it was. Anna Boward often brought up how the women's division was booked like Mean Girls. I would love a duo, sure. I don't care who, to quote Mean Girls repeatedly and make that like their gimmick. Like they just say stuff like, why are you so obsessed with me? And on Fridays, uh, they always wear sweatpants. That's that's the rule. They wrestle in sweatpants. Uh, next up, no flips, just trips. Dash Wilder fell flat on his ass. He did. And my favorite thing is he's sitting down there like, Scott! 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 <laughs> <laughs> like he thought it was just as funny as everybody else, and and Wilder Wilder kept his composure, right? He didn't he didn't corpse nothing. I don't, I don't know if he knew. I don't because I, I think by the time he turned around, Dash was up, but Ali and Shorty G knew because they were laughing their ass off in the sure. ring, and Corey Graves covered up for it. He said that he meant to do that. I loved this. Mind games from the start. I called them the revive fall. Now, um, the, the, the young bucks tweeted out, call, <laughs> they tweeted out, they call, fall the revival, FTR, right? Yeah. Uh, this was fine. You know, you know, they, everyone was having a good time with it. It's perfect. So I was about five minutes behind on the show because I, I was also watching Final Battle. And I see one of our mod, Hannah Moore's reaction video. And I'm like, what's she talking about? And then I turn over to my TV and it hits. And I was like, oh, perfect. <laughs> oh, I love this. This was good. Uh, 
Not much of a surprise. This match rules. Would not have hated to see Team Ali G added to the ladder match, as we find out, just out of nowhere. It's a ladder match. Cool. All right. Sure. If you're going to make me watch, I mean, make me, make me watch a Revival New Day match for the fifth month in a row, throw a ladder in there. Sure, man. Sure. Yeah, that, that just added up the stakes to a, to a match that was already, uh, that already had the basic components to be great. You're going to throw in some ladders, people jumping off of them, Kofi Kingston doing some crazy stuff. Well, sure. It's, it's great because most of the ladder matches on this card don't have stakes. They have dog food. So that's, that's awesome. That's incredible. Uh, there's a great belly-to-belly suplex that Shorty G hits on Dawson in midair off of Dash's shoulders. Mm-hmm. Ooh, boy. Uh, they did double dives onto the Revival. Uh, Shorty G is just real good. Yeah. Scott Dawson channels his hero, Ahmed Johnson, and does a Pearl River plunge. That was really cool. A Shatter Machine wins it. I loved this match. It's no big surprise. This match was awesome. I loved how the Shatter Machine just came. It was grabbing basically Ali, who was flying off the top rope. I loved it. And I like how they're how the Shatter Machines are suddenly coming out of nowhere. You know, Shatter Machine out of nowhere. It's the second week there yeah. that we've heard about a Shatter Machine coming out of nowhere. So I like that. Um, I love the Chaos Theory uh, with with – the bridge with Wilder flying off the top rope, landing on to Chad Gable's bridge. That can't feel good. It just can't for Gable. There's, there's no way. I thought that was great. This was, I, this was a super fun match, but you have four extremely talented workers at the same time in the ring. What are you going to expect? You know, this was, they made the most out of the time that they had allotted to them. This was fun. Uh, we're going to talk about this more on next week's Wednesday Night War, but a news story came out. Today uh, today or yesterday on Fightful, Jeremy Lambert wrote it, and it was from last week's Keeping It 100 podcast, and Chris Jericho appeared. And he said that he held a meeting to stress the importance of not burying the ref and tagging in and out. He singled out the Lucha Brothers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. Sure. I love that. It shows you a lot about Chris Jericho. He's not there to just collect a check. He wants to build something. Hey, you know what? Half the reason I'm so pissed off about this YouTube situation, I helped build something with Fightful. Jericho wants the thing that he's being invested in, the thing that that they are putting stock into him with. He wants that to be good. And he, when he heard that criticism two weeks in, he's like, no, you're not going to bury the refs. You're not going to do this anymore. I mean, I already had a lot of respect for Jericho, but I gained a lot from that. Absolutely. And you know what I like the most about it, Sean? And, you know, I know that your mentions on Twitter when you talk about this, I know what would happen, especially when you singled out the the Lucha Brothers. People were like, it's Lucha style. It's Lucha style. Oh, how I was like this, rubbing my hands together, Mm, mm, just smacking my lips mm, at the delicious, delicious taste of Chris Jericho saying, I've wrestled in Mexico. This is not Lucha style. You know how people in Lucha style tag in and out? They slap each other on the hands. That's how it works in Lucha style as well. I loved that. Buried instantaneously thousands of people with thousands of asinine responses. It is is lazy. And there are some matches where they do allow that. One person leaves the ring. Another person can jump in. But you know what? This ain't Lucha style. They are working in all elite wrestling. 
you know what? I've been known to cheat a little bit in my home gym uh, when we grapple. I've been known to, I don't know, rub some drywall in my teammates' eyes. You know where I can't do that, Warren? Grappling tournaments. They're going to disqualify me. They're going to kick me out. They'll probably ban me. They might even press charges. Uh, you got to tag in and out. Rules matter. Rules are important. I bring this up after the revival because they stress the importance of rules all the time. If there are no rules to follow, there are no rules to care about. Uh, and I, you know what? I loved ECW, specifically like 1999 ECW, where that style was just so different. But uh, yeah, they they needed this. They the the roster. I, I was very glad to hear that. Sure. Reminder, guys, leave a thumbs up, share this on Twitter. We are back here on Saturday night. I'm doing a UFC post show podcast. Three big title fights, plus Jose Aldo, plus Uriah Faber. Then we're probably back here Sunday night with Dave Schilling, former WWE writer. Maybe Monday. I don't I don't know how the hell things are gonna work. I don't know if we'll have enough time. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Oh, backstage. Bailey talks about the lazy women's division, says that Sasha Banks is off making a rap album. And Elias is speaking very loudly to Dana Brooke. Oh, I'm interested in your your thoughts on this. Uh, Elias says that he got Bailey for Secret Santa and has a song for her. He says that he rejected a threesome (laughs) with Bailey and Sasha Banks. Sure. And then says that her haircut makes her look like a dude. Now, let's just go. I'm going to go ahead and B-Rabbit this from 8 Mile. I know you guys are going to call us SJWs. I know you're going to call us cucks. A bunch of other shit that's going to get you banned because I ban everybody that says dumb shit like that. You might use the word safe space. You might use a lot of dumbass words like that. Uh, let me Let me just let you know. You're a fucking idiot. Go ahead, Warren. Um, you know, there's only so much a human the the human psyche can take 
<laughs> in one hour of wrestling where things are such are, are, are just base and uninteresting and effort uh, without effort, without any real passion or intent put behind it. I was already burnt out with the entire opening promo of the show. And we move on over to here with Elias and this thing. And I don't even want to try to break down the logic of the song. He turned down the threesome. He was offered a threesome for some four, but he turned it down. And, but Bailey, I'm not buying it. First off, not buying it. No, first and foremost, the, here's the thing. If this is what Babyface, if this is the level, the quality level of lyrics that Babyface Elias is going to be delivering unto us moving forward, I want nothing to do with him. Turn him heel instantaneously, right now. Because he had so many much better songs, much better burns. He was, he was capable of, Improved savagery. This is not the Elias who sat in a ring few, uh, last year waiting for the audience to die down before he could continue with his song. This is not him. This is nonsense. And I don't know, I don't know who's in charge of SmackDown over the past few, but tonight was a, what they completely dropped the ball. In everything scripted, it was garbage and nonsense and without effort. It's just like, it, it's as if no one cared tonight. And that bothers me because I want to care. I care about wrestling. Why wouldn't I, why wouldn't WWE want me to care about their product? It's just, everything was lazy. And this was just something else to add on on the pile. I keep tonight. on hearing about how W. Oh, well, they're appealing to the, the young. I, no, do do you know? I mean, sorry, this doesn't we, appeal. This doesn't know, appeal to a younger audience. Fight, it doesn't. I, I see Fightful's demographics. Fightful appears appeals to a younger demographic. I, you know, Warren's fresh face does that. You know who WWE appeals to? By and large, fifty plus. 50 plus, the numbers are that, that's, that's Mm -hmm. the one like accurate thing that we can pull from Nielsen is what type of age demographic they're pulling from because that's a specific percentage. Ah. I'll tell you one thing. Uh, The more this, this thing with Dana Brooke and Elias is advancing, I'm thinking Dana Brooke is eventually going to fall for Elias. That's the only outcome I can see here. And if I'm Dave Batista, I'm giving Elias a call. And I'm like, hey, bro, you're hanging a lot. You're you know hanging what? around a lot with my girl right now. I could think of far worse things in this world than all this to culminate at WrestleMania. Like they date for a while, and then he's really shitty to Dana Brooke, and then WrestleMania to kick off the Hall of Fame introductions. Batista beats the living shit out of Elias as he's performing a mean song about Dana Brooke. And sure, or the opposite, whatever you want, wherever you want to go. I mean, right now, Elias has been white knighting Dana Brooke for weeks. That's what he's been. He's been sticking up for. So, I mean, look, it could go either way. And it 
<laughs> I, I, I'd get a kick out of it personally. Well, you know what? I like that Dana Brooks getting screen time, and I like her in the ring. She did a handspring attack, and a lot of times when people do those, I can't tell you how many times I've seen it, where people miss or it's light or something. Dana knew she wasn't going to get there with the elbow and turns her body in midair and ended up doing like a splash type of thing. Yeah. It looked really good. It did. Her, her power bomb looked good. Her getting pulled- uh, Excuse me. Her Batista bomb looked that's, good. That's a good point. That's a good ah, – I didn't even notice. <laughs> Amazing. It was a sit out. It was a sit out. Well, you're it's- right. You're right. Uh, although Batista did say one time, no, it requires you to awkwardly fall backwards as you do it. <laughs> <laughs> because somebody said, is every sit-down powerbomb a Batista bomb? And he's like, hell no. no. You got to fall backwards every time. <laughs> when he did that back in the day, I was like, why does he do this? Like – Draws shouldn't do a better sit-down powerbomb than you, buddy. But um Dana got pulled into the ropes, and I loved Bailey's rose plant, too. Yeah. This was one of the better ones, Warren. Because it, it, it just came in real quick. We were talking about this the first night she brought it back, how it was kind of clunky. There was the setup and everything. Now she just sort of snapped into it. I liked it. Yeah. Another Sheamus vignette. Cool. I'm glad. Uh Good on them bringing him back on SmackDown in case they need to pivot and put him back with Cesaro. Can I ask you a question though? How many how many guys are there on either roster that's come back doing their promo saying the roster is soft? There there you know there are no real men around anymore. We saw that's that was the whole impetus of Drew returning. We saw it recently with AOP. Yeah. I mean and and look, it's not that it doesn't fit a guy like Sheamus. Sheamus is if you're going to do it with someone, better be Sheamus than with uh, Marco Stunt. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, it's not that it won't work. It's not that it's not credible. It's just like, okay, this again. Okay. Well, that, I mean, I don't want. I don't want to start crapping on Sheamus returning. It, I think it's fantastic. I get what you mean? It's turned into the new. My name is promo. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I don't need it all the time. I'm good with that. Like, we, we've seen it. It worked for Drew McIntyre because we've seen how he's behaved on social media and we've mm-hmm. seen how he behaves in interviews and stuff like that. Like, I believe that he really feels all that. I don't necessarily believe that, uh, Seamus does. Renee is with the Miz at his home. Uh, he, she asks where Daniel Bryan's been. The Miz is like, uh, I don't know. I haven't seen it. Why would the Miz know? I, I, I'm, I'm thinking he might be moonlighting as a private investigator now. I, that's like the only it. explanation. I, I love the setting of the Miz's home because those that are familiar with Miz and Mrs. or uh, are fanatics of Marjo Mania know the setting of his home. He says that he does not like Daniel Bryan but respects Daniel. And then we hear Maurice shouting from another room. And just any reason to make Maurice an on-screen character I am supportive of because she's sure. great. But – the rabbit was in the baby's crib. This, I, I dug this. Okay. Go on. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of ready to tear it apart. But, I mean, that, but... that's about it. That's oh, about it. okay. And well, I liked that Bray Wyatt did Firefly Funhouse and said how great the Marine 5 was. Like, that was good. <laughs> yeah. the, 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 Bray, the Bray promo from from the, the Titan Tron was, was really good, but Bray murders them every time. He's fantastic. Yeah. Um, 
Okay, so they're, they basically Marie's is in the kitchen. This is like Mike, Mike, get over here, Mike, and she's holding like their baby monitor thing on their iPad or whatever, the baby camera, and w- instantly I'm like, oh, okay, clearly it's confirmed now. Bray Wyatt does have supernatural powers because he's a- he was able to watermark the baby the 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 baby camera video. It had the Firefly Funhouse watermark on the bottom right-hand corner. So I'm like, cool, superpowers. And then they run up the stairs, go into the room. They find uh, they find Monroe there with uh, with a, a creepy doll. The Ramblin' Rabbit wasn't there. And I don't know why Ramblin' Rabbit would cooperate with Bray anyway, but that's a whole other story. But, Sean, they ran up the stairs. And we had a, an angle cut. We had the camera cut. As they went up the stairs, at the, at the top of the stairs, there was a camera crew. They run into the, they get into the room, and there's a camera crew right there as well. Now, exactly, I saying? hate the invisible camera. But and I'm like, okay, it's an invisible camera. But then, what does Miz do? He says, "We're done here, guys. Get out, get out." So he addresses the camera crew that is in his daughter's room while he is asking. His daughter and his wife in a panic. Where did you get this doll? Where did you get the? Why isn't he asking the camera crew where the doll came from? Did you guys see anything? Because if you're going to do it, you have to go all in on this. I think it would have been a lot more effective if they had the camera crew running behind them. Uh, you know, camera verite, you know, found footage kind of thing. Rather than having the cuts being super clean. Because it's not even an invisible camera here, Sean. We're getting we're we're trying to do the best of both worlds, and it's not working. It, it that it just killed it completely for me. And this had all the marks of Bruce Pritchard all over it. If you if uh, from a production standpoint, this tasted, it smelt, it felt completely Bruce Pritchard. And sometimes it works, but in this case, it didn't work at all. Bad directing. Yeah. Bad directing, regardless of who it was. So the Firefly Funhouse thing happens. It's, you know, come on. It's The Miz. Mm-hmm. And, and word is, Daniel Bryan just didn't want to face The Fiend again. It's word on the streets. Oh, like uh, the he just didn't want to do it again? Yeah. Can't say hmm. I blame him. Uh, Whatever. Miz, Bray Wyatt, it's happening Sunday. No title on the line, apparently. Yep. Otis is backstage. He got Sami Zayn a Christmas ham for Secret Santa. I do love that this was wrapped. I thought that was phenomenal. But Sami isn't happy with it. Admittedly, I was paying more attention to Maria Manic at this point. The match was fine. That Kinshasa that Tucker ate with his neck... Ow. Is everybody yep. on this show in a tag team now, by the way? We had two we had two singles matches tonight, and one of them turned into a tag team match. But yeah. as far as all of this went though, I uh I, I really liked the segment with Sammy and Otis. Uh and I really felt bad for Otis. For like, I, I, this was gen- genuinely one of the times where I felt connected to him because he was, you know, he didn't think because Otis doesn't think. Otis is he's impulsive. He's all about urges, so he doesn't think. So he says, 
Yeah, I like ham. Everyone likes ham. I'm going to get him a ham, you know, kind of thing. So he ba- he cooks the ham. He wraps the ham because it's Otis. And he opens it up and he's like, dude, I'm a vegan. And this is against everything I stand for. And, I- and he apologizes. Otis, contrition, looks down and is like, I- I'm sorry, you know. But Sammy doesn't want anything to do with it. Oh, you're sorry, you dummy, you know, kind of so I, I, I like this segment. I thought it set up everything really well when Cesaro took the ham. I was like, yeah, I'd take the ham too, buddy. But he tosses it down. Extra heel heat. That was fun. I liked it. I, I thought this was I I thought this was a fun little segment. The match was fine. Everything worked. And I know they were in Wisconsin, but yeah. my God, Otis is over everywhere. Show man. construction 101 will tell you, don't do four tag team matches. On a two-hour show. Mm-mm. That's a bad idea. And they were lucky it didn't get out of hand. Like, they're, they're lucky that the crowd just wasn't like, all right, let's move on to something else. The crowd seemed all right. But is is this the filler that we're going to get through the end of the year? Because this was the go-home show. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. go-home show. I... It- if I had been in that in the audience that evening, I would have been really, really mad because there was not a lot of wrestling in that first hour of SmackDown, Sean. There was no. not a lot of in-ring action, and I'd be mad because I don't – you know, it's sports entertainment, Warren. Hang on a second. If I'm going to pay a ticket to go yeah. see a show, I'm not going there to, to watch people uh, have storylines. Because if I'm going to watch people have storylines, I'm going to stay home. I'm going to pull up Netflix, more than enough shows there. Hell, I'll even pull out DuckTales on Disney+, Plus, the 1987 show. They have better storylines these days with Gizmo Duck and Launchpad McQuack. No (laughs) Sasha, no Braun Strowman, no Daniel Bryan. No, that's it. I don't know if he's working a dark match, but I assume no Bray Wyatt live, but maybe he's working a dark match. Yeesh, man. Yeesh. Well, up next, it was Baron Corbin versus Kofi Kingston. This is fine. You see Corbin catch Kofi with the big punch, but it breaks down into a DQ. And, of course, there's a tag team match. I don't even... Who won this, Warren? I think it was thrown out because um, they they had tossed Dolph, right? Yeah. But Dolph came back to attack Big E. And then Kofi came out to attack, uh, to, to get Dolph off of Big E. And then Baron Corbin came back out after Kofi. And that's when the referee ring, rung the bell. Like Kofi wasn't attacked by Dolph. Uh, Baron wasn't attacked by, I think he just threw the match out. Which is exactly what you want to see after a match gets DQ'd and thrown out. And then they make a tag match in its place, so. The Revival come out and hit a shatter machine outside the ring. They're about to dog food New Day, but Reigns makes the save. Um, Someone needs to hit up WWE and say, you know, maybe we shouldn't shackle up a black guy with his arms over his head to the fucking ring post. And then have four white dudes go to town on him? And I'm sure just... Honestly, I'm sure just nobody thought the better of it. Sure. I don't think it was malicious or anything like that. I really don't. But it's... Mm, it's just, just not a good look. 
It's not a good look. It's not a good look. Uh, well, Roman Reigns beats up Jobber Security and New Day, and then uh, or not New Day Revival, and then Ziggler cracks him with a super kick and puts up a ladder. And as he's about to jump off, Reigns just throws him off through a table. Love that spot. Mm-hmm. Dug the the end of the show in that regard. But Reigns, yeah, just comes out and like they they played that dog food stuff over so much, and it was just so dumb. It didn't. I don't know. It got heat with me, and then I was just like, ah, like I'm not going out tonight to stay home and cover this. I'm gonna have to rework my contract in light of things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Kelsey um, the- busy every Friday, or <laughs> I, 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 you know, I can ask if you want. Well, hey, you, you need to for next week because I ain't here next week. That's right. The um. The main thing here that I just want to point out is I, recently we were talking about how well Roman Reigns has been booked recently <laughs> and how the audience has seems to have warmed up to him. But they're also doing things very, very well with him. Like they're not pulling putting him in these spots where he is completely invincible all the time. He's a lot more vulnerable than we've seen him in the past. Uh, they're letting his human side come across a lot more, not always just like scowling and mad they're, or feeding them corny lines. They're letting him be himself. And there's, there's a lot of good that Joe Noai can, can bring to the Roman Reigns character. And yeah, I think it's, it, well, Alpo is his kryptonite. <laughs> clearly. And he's However, not being fed corny lines because he's busy being fell, uh, fed Royal Canaan all the time. <laughs> like it's. The problem I had here, moving along, the problem that I had is just to be very careful. Him coming out and beating up black shirts, I'm okay with that. That's what they're for. But then essentially plowing through eight guys, now we're starting to see shades of the invincible Roman Reigns again. And that's – it's dangerous territory to tread on. I would have dug a lot more if Roman Reigns had come out flanked by two other guys, flanked by two of his Survivor Series partners. And then they all come out to take people out. You know what I mean? That would have made sense to me because they keep saying, oh, locker room leadership, locker room leadership. No one ever comes out to to help Roman, to save Roman. So you lean into that and it makes more sense more than Roman coming out and beating up eight guys despite the fact that he – absolutely beheaded one of the security dudes at the bottom of the ramp <laughs> with a clothesline. He, that guy, I'm look, I hope war. I hope I'm pretty sure Roman after the, after the show went to check on him just to make sure he was okay. But it's, it's a fine line that they tread with Roman reigns because if they're not careful, we're going to go back to 2017 Roman reigns and it's just going to be bad for him. It's going to be bad for WWE. And I don't want that because you're doing a really good job with them recently. Well, since I got a new channel, we might as well make TLC predictions since I got to isolate that goddamn video again. Uh, WWE TLC this Sunday. The Viking Raiders have an open challenge. Uh, they're probably winning that, Warren. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're definitely winning it. And it's going to be a good one, too. It's going to be fun. But, yeah, they're definitely winning. I agree. Alistair Black takes on Buddy Murphy. This is going to be a very, very good match. I don't think it's a big surprise that that or secret that Alistair Black is going to win this. 
I think everybody expects that. Uh, and yeah, it's the most probable outcome. I think this is going to be one of the more fun match of the evening. The guys should lay into each other rather severely. You got two very good strikers, two physical guys who aren't afraid to take a beating either. I really hope that moving forward, they just l- let the dark room Alistair Black alone. Just let it. Yeah. Never mind the promos. That's not how we got over in NXT. It wasn't his. It, w- it weren't his mic skills that got Alistair Black over in in NXT. It was him they looking menacing. Him. They got him under when he started to cut promos on Zelina about being short. Like, sure. it's like, yeah, take the yeah. mic away. Yeah, absolutely. Let's not forget that his entire feud in 2018 against Velveteen Dream was about speaking his name. That's all that it was about. Velveteen Dream just wanted him to to say his name. So just let Alistair hit the ring, look menacing, and beat people up. That's all we want because that's what he's best at. Wouldn't mind if they ran that back eventually too. Like Sure. Like I saw somebody make a name for themselves off of just getting you to say it. I want that too. I wouldn't mind that at all. Rusev versus Bobby Lashley. Now, I do not think that this is how Rusev gets his big happy, yeah, type of thing. No. I think that he gets put through a table cheaply, and this continues and continues and continues at the very least through the Royal Rumble. Uh, I What I wouldn't mind is if Bobby Lashley's like, no more rematch for Rusev, yada, yada, yada. And then Rusev eliminates him from the Royal Rumble. Then that makes sense where they can run it back in February or whatever. Whenever they do it. I think Bobby Lashley's been in this. Uh, Bobby Lashley needs to win here. He, he needs to win more than Rusev. Rusev, uh, as you talked about with Denise on, on Monday, and I completely agree because I'm, Rusev could get over by eating paper clips. I mean, he could do anything and the guy would get over. Uh, so regardless of the outcome, Rusev is fine. Bobby Lashley needs this win a lot more than Rusev does. WWE women's tag team title match, Kabuki Warriors versus Becky Oof. Lynch and Charlotte. Uh, TLC match, I am most excited for this match than any, and I think it should main event the show. I, Oscar and Kyrie should win this, I think. Um, I think Oscar should keep Becky Lynch's number. It makes too much sense for a Royal Rumble match one year after Oscar beat Becky Lynch at the Royal Rumble, uh, for Oscar to retain this. Uh, Becky Lynch should not have won on Monday via DQ. It mm-hmm. should not have happened. Becky mm-hmm. Lynch had never beaten Oscar. Not in a singles, triple threat, Survivor Series, Royal Rumble, tag team match. There was no situation in which Becky Lynch had beaten Asuka, not even in a TLC match, before a cheap DQ last Monday. I think Kabuki Warriors win. I think Kabuki Warriors retain as well. I'll be curious to see what they do moving forward. I really, really hope that they set up another Asuka Versus Becky at Royal Rumble. I really, really, really do. Uh, and if they feel that they have to take the belts off of Asuka and Kyrie to do that, okay. But it would be a disservice to the tag titles. It would be a disservice to the Kabuki Warriors to do it. I know a lot of people are saying that Kyrie Sane's uh, contract is up in March or something like that. But, I mean, it it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at this point. At, 
at this moment where you're telling your story here. I really, as long as this builds to Oscar Becky again at Royal Rumble, because I think it'd be a fantastic full circle moment. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm okay with the outcome. I'm okay with the outcome if, uh, regardless, but I think the Kabuki Warriors should keep the titles. Plus, I mean, Royal Rumble is going to have two hour long Royal Rumble matches. Yeah. And probably a, a couple world title matches too. Ladder match for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships New Day against the Revival. Can't wait for this as well, but New Day is probably winning this. Um, also no singles title matches on this show. Seven singles titles mm-hmm. on WWE main roster TV, none on the line, but this is going to be a good match and I have New Day winning. Yeah, I agree. And it's going to be a lot of fun. And like we said a little earlier, just adding a ladder, adding ladders to this match just added a level of drama that we weren't anticipating and it's going to make it all the better. What can you do when you have two fantastic tag teams, four great workers who know how to work tag team matches? You put them together in the ring, add some, add some real stakes with some ladders. It's going to be fantastic. Roman Reigns versus King Corbin, tables, ladders, and chairs match. I could see Reigns getting screwed over, but I here's the thing. I can't imagine King Corbin getting any real heat off of this. And then you don't want this to go forward either, Sean. That means that we're going to have a blow-off? We need another blow-off? No, 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 no. We're done with this. We're absolutely done with this. I'm just l- looking forward... Curious to see how many headlocks we're going to get in a TLC match, Sean. Or main event cravats. King Corbin has go-away heat with me, and that is saying something because a few months ago, I was excited to see what he would do next in the King of the Ring tournament because he was having great matches, and they have just made him so generic. He's always got to be a king or a constable or some, some doofy shit or some Applebee's server. Yeah. Bray Wyatt versus The Miz. Okay, now this one I'm particularly interested in because it's Bray Wyatt against The Miz. Mm -hmm. They could either put over some aspect of Bray Wyatt we haven't seen or establish to us very clearly that Bray Wyatt is not The Fiend. And Mm -hmm. a lot of that – which do you think they'll do? I want you to answer first so I don't look dumb. (laughs) (laughs) Um, um, I I don't know exactly what they're going to do. Someone on Twitter – earlier tonight tweeted at me and said, you know what would be really interesting? I think this is leading to The Miz and Daniel Bryan versus Bray Wyatt and The Fiend. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? They That is something that they could do. They yeah. could they could decide to pull that off. It would be strange. Yeah. I don't know who they'd get to work. Um, to, you know, they'd have to get a fake Bray Wyatt to do, yeah. to do The Fiend essentially and work his style. But I'm this. This is what I'm most looking forward to to see how the Bray Wyatt character, the Firefly Funhouse Bray Wyatt, differentiates from all the Bray Wyatts that we've known in the past in regards to his his presentation. I mean, he's he can come out with the with the severed head lantern. He can he can do all of that stuff. Hey, we're probably not getting mood lighting either, so that's a plus. Yeah. But I'm I'm interested to see where they're going to go with this. Uh, and it's the type of character development, the, the the little type of if it's done right, it's the little type of uh, of character development that will just keep the Bray Wyatt character fiend thing fresh for a little while longer. Because then we'll be guessing who are we getting? Are we getting Bray Wyatt? Are we getting the fiend? And then since it's non-title and since it's Bray Wyatt, 
is Bray Wyatt more apt to lose matches than The Fiend as well? So, yes, exactly. You know, that's all interesting to me. Guys, if you want to support us directly through this YouTube mess, please subscribe to FightfulSelect.com. I push it every single episode. It's a service that I really believe in. Every single Monday, you get uh, my Backstage Report podcast where I give you behind-the-scenes news. I update you on the weekly uh, interviews before they come out. Uh, I talk to you about stats, injury updates, and contracts. Early Tuesday morning, Alex Pawlowski comes at you with the Fightful Select Sour Graps podcast. If you miss his reviews, that's a good place to go and get them. Every single, or actually every other Wednesday or Thursday, or actually no, it's every Wednesday we hit you with The List Goes On. It's our List and Ya Boy post show. It's uh, a, a bit of a an extra List and Ya Boy podcast that we have there. Every other Thursday I do a Q&A podcast. Every Friday you get Alex Pawlowski's Sour Graps for SmackDown. And then every Saturday you get the Weekender podcast from Steven Jensen. Maybe you want... NWA, maybe you want Beyond, maybe you want Ring of Honor, uh, NXT UK, that's where you get it. Plus, you get my news updates uh, in quick order. Like I do like short articles, like maybe a paragraph long to get you the info. It goes straight to you if you so choose. Also, we have uh, the service coming to Fightful.com at the end of Q1 2020, hopefully. We're going to try to get off of Patreon. We're going to be able to do a lot more stuff. We're going to be able to offer free trials, a lot of great stuff like that. Please make sure you subscribe to this channel and leave a thumbs up. Warren, let the people know about your channel before we go. You can find me on YouTube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes. Tomorrow night, I will be doing Fightful's NWA Into the Fire post-show podcast over on my channel. So if you want to check that out, and I'll also be talking about Ring of Honor as well. So if you want to check that out, YouTube.com slash Mr. Warren Hayes. Subscribe. That way you won't miss out. And also follow me on Twitter at Mr. Warren Hayes. Reminder, guys, if you're ever wondering, where are the shows? Where are the shows? Fightful.com. FightfulPods.com. They are always there. Hit up at Team YouTube on Twitter. Let them know you want our channel back. Till next time, we're out. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.